good morning. Welcome to the second episode of Meanderings. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. We've had the most extraordinary few weeks since the last episode, and I'm going to bring some of the joy of life to you this morning, live from Radio Karam. In the studio today with me, we have a very special guest by the name of Andrew, who happens to be my husband, and we have two other guests who are at less than a kilo each. We have two little puppies. They're, <laughs> they're just too adorable. And one of our dogs had a litter two and a half weeks ago, and it's been a really exciting, beautiful time for us to be involved with. Today in the studio, we have little Toby. He is a mini cavoodle, that's a small dog, and he's a blenheim. That means that he's white with big caramel patches over his ears and some caramel patches on his back. We also have little Florence, who's what we call a, a ruby red mini cavoodle, a lovely dark chocolatey colour. And these two little puppies have been very well fed this morning by their mum, Bonnie, who's at home with the two other little pups. We did indeed do a little test yesterday to make sure that she would be happy with us taking one or two of the pups. And indeed, after the first two weeks, uh, the mother tends to be more relaxed. So we were able to do that. So I'd like to invite you to come into the microphone, Andrew, and uh, I'm going to ask you a little bit about how did we get involved with dogs? How did we get involved with dogs? Well, it happened we felt after two cats that it was time for a bit of a change of scenery. Uh, we got our first We got body. little Harry. Harry, yeah, he was a uh, poodle cross... Bichon. Bichon. He's a black and white dog that's called a party dog, P-A-R-T-I, in dog lingo. And we'd thought about getting a dog for about nine months, an appropriate gestation time. And we had a walk where we used to live at the time in Brunswick into town and we would often go to a place which no longer has the same sort of entertainment, a pet shop. We used to be able to get puppies and kittens. Fortunately today, a lot of puppy farms have been shut down and you need to get dogs other ways now. But at the time, we met this little dog. And what was your experience then, Andrew? Well, it was quite interesting. Uh, a pet shop, you're talking about things in the past now, but here was this rather lovely uh, party-coloured cross. And I said to Sarah, I like the look of this dog, and he was just fussing about the cage. And then I took my sunglasses off, and he immediately, his face just lit up. <laughs> and I remember saying to Sarah, I reckon this guy's the one. Let's, let's see what it's like. And so um, the rest just followed on from there. He was a permanent acquisition in the household. Ah, oh, little Harry. Wasn't he a cutie pie? And uh, we then got another dog about a year later because we found that despite getting up every morning and running Harry through his training paces, we both worked full-time back then and uh, we left the radio on for him and uh, little lights. Radio <laughs> National, of course. <laughs> oh, it should have been Radio Caram, shouldn't it? <laughs> dear, oh dear. <laughs> uh, he was still a little bit bored, so we ended up getting a second dog, Milo, who's a cavoodle, also Blenheim, white with the caramel ears. And we had those two dogs, both neutered for – we've now had them for nine and ten years – and they were such an excellent little couple, two little boys, really happy together. 
they played well, they slept together, a really nice combination. But then, you know, we have these childhood dreams and they creep in and they start biting us on the bottom and saying, oh, I really want a litter of puppies one day. And uh, I, I suppose that I did have to uh, justify myself with the fact that our extended family had rescued about 19 animals over the course of time. I thought, okay, I think that we need to redress the balance and uh, bring some really beautiful, family-friendly, easygoing, sweet, companionable dogs into the world. So we ended up getting little Bonnie, who's, who's a small poodle, uh, just before covid and we had a litter 18 months ago and then we thought in the past few months it was time to do it again. She was such a good mother. It was such a lovely experience. Would you like to say something about uh, what her pregnancy was like, darling? Well, I think what is the most interesting, interesting aspect of all of this is the role that DNA and encoding seems to play in the upbringing and birth of puppies. Ah, tell me more. Well, for instance, um, they know what to do when it's time to birth. They know how to go about it. Otherwise, the survival of the species wouldn't be guaranteed, of course. But what was significant about the process was watching her mother them and bring them up and then commence what we were really surprised to see an, a winning process. And uh, yes, I think we've had a few reflections on this, how all of these behaviours are encoded. You know, she knows how to give birth. She knows how to uh, release the puppies from their little membranes. They know how to... They're blind and deaf when they're born and they're very, very tiny, but they're strong little sucking machines. All they can really do is sniff out where the milk's coming from, scoot over there with their strong little tiny legs latch on and suckle madly. Suckling is quite something to see because they suck very hard. Their little heads go backwards and forwards. Their little paws paw at the breast. It's, uh, again, quite astonishing. All these things just happen in the natural world and the behaviours are genetically encoded. We found that continually fascinating and one does wonder are there any behaviours in humans that are genetically coded? We think there must be or echoes thereof. Now, the other thing we'd like to tell you a little bit about, what was the first two weeks like? Well, in many ways, it's a recreation of having your own child. This blind, initially blind and helpless creature is thoroughly trusting and dependent on you and it brings back some of these two-stage things, a primeval feeling of um, wanting to nurture and also back to the feelings of the birth of your own children. And since that's been quite some time ago, it was really interesting revisiting that. Yeah, there's a lot of wonderful things with uh, reflecting on puppies and one's own experience as a parent. And it's in such an accelerated format we still are astonished that the gestation of puppies, the time between conception and birth, is nine weeks. It goes by in a flash. And uh, then they're born and they'll be with us for eight to ten weeks until they're completely ready to head off. And interestingly, after eight weeks, Bonnie will be ready to let them go too. Now I'm just going to play a little song for you. I found a song by Dolly Parton about one of her dogs, Cracker Jack. Thank you. 
Hello, I'm Con. And I'm Stav. And, and we're we Edinaki. Edinaki. You're listening to Radio Karam. Don't worry about a thing. Zanicus Health will make you feel alright. Don't worry about a thing. Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright. If you got a tummy ache, or you don't feel right, or if you have a nasty rash, keeping you up at night. Don't worry, Don't worry about a thing. Don't worry. Because <laughs> Atticus Health will make you feel all right. And we're back. So we talked a little bit about the first two weeks with these little suckling machines. They were born around 250 grams within a week. They were 500 in two weeks, 750 and now they're hitting close to four times their birth weight. Absolutely astonishing. Mama Bonnie is eating six or seven meals a day, including in the middle of the night. Sometimes in the middle of the night, she asks for three meals. It's whatever she wants. <laughs> She's doing such a good job. So at the end of two weeks, we started to see little eyes starting to open. And uh, what else did we notice? Well, the first tail wag. Oh, Quite how astonishing. was that? Yeah. <laughs> this funny little wag. And uh, apart from tail wagging, they're now starting to walk. It looks like they've got quite strong front limbs and they can get up on their front legs. Their back legs, you'd think they need to have a Zimmer frame or something to walk. They're very wobbly and they're not quite walking yet, but you can see the signs of it. The other thing that's interesting with the eyes open is they actually start interacting with the world quite differently. It's like before that, it's all about the scent and finding the milk. And now the little eyes are open, they're looking around, they look at you and you just feel, I've got a connection to this little puppy. It's just the most lovely, sweet thing. And uh, we had our first little, you know, when dogs shake, it starts at the head and works down the body. We had the first little head shake yesterday. And as Andrew mentioned, the first tail wag. So it's a time rich in firsts. And these little creatures, they're so sweet and warm. They're little innocent babies. They're completely vulnerable. And there's something about them, which I believe is, is actually probably one of those hardwired behaviours that humans have, is that we're attracted to little, little vulnerable baby creatures. Not universally, obviously, but there's something in us that responds to that sweet, innocent, uh, big head, big eyed creature that a baby is. And it brings out this warm, caring, loving feeling. It's sort of like a big, warm, fuzzy inside. And uh, one thing that I've found interesting is many of my friends and colleagues have said, oh, what does Andrew think of the puppies? And I say, oh, he just loves them. We get down with them. We're watching what's happening. It's just entrancing, it's charming, it's lovely. Oh, so he doesn't mind. And I think that's really interesting. There's some sort of, uh, there remains, like many things in society, some gender bias where I'm encountering 
people are surprised that a man can be caring towards a small puppy. But it's a simply human thing to do. And uh, how do you feel about the puppies, darling? What's it like? Well, I think you've encapsulated it pretty well. But also it's a, a change in attitudes over my lifetime anyway. I originally grew up in a rural environment and a dog was a dog was, was on a chain and it was kept outside. We didn't have dogs inside for health reasons. You know, there were hydatids, which was quite prevalent where I lived. There were ticks, which could be brought inside. And dogs had the, and still have the propensity to roll in the most offensive things. And as we're on a farm, you know, there were dead animals, there were dead kangaroos, etc. So they could not come inside. What has changed is the attitude towards having dogs as pets and they become part of a family. And that, I think, makes you feel more paternalistic as a general rule. Dogs were, and puppies were sort of seen but not heard. They were born in kennels, uh, tied up. The mother was tied up, obviously, at night with stock around. This is a world away from what we do now. Yes, and uh, indeed you mentioned how animals give birth in the wild uh, very naturally. And even though I think that Bonnie could have done that, you know, we had a good liaison with an extremely wonderful reproductive vet and uh, we found ourselves taking temperatures and uh, monitoring contractions, timing things and giving her injections of calcium and of oxytocin all of these things that uh, were not so much interventionist as just optimising outcomes. And uh, as a result, everything went very well, which of course it may have been without that, but it's lovely as a uh, puppy parent feeling that you can contribute everything possible to make it a, a smooth process. And um, you talked about changing attitudes. Sorry, you wanted to say something. Well, it's a bit like in the old days where men were... In outside the maternity ward and handed a cigar. <laughs> and 50, 55 years ago, that's what happened with puppies. They were uh, chattels, mm. whereas men are mostly involved in male, sorry, female and male birthing processes and uh, that's changed along with it. What I also noticed was Sarah mentioned how Flint the puppy... Flint to 1,421st high... Well, Sarah mentioned that there was a um, opening of the eyes and a looking. I think part of that too is the process of coexistence with dogs over 10, 15,000 years. Chickens imprint, turkeys imprint, geese imprint... But when a dog looks at you for the first or second time, you can see the wheels turning and you're not this foreign body. The dog seems to recognise you as some form of cohabitor. That's what I found particularly interesting. I have never observed that before. Yes, and in fact, I had a little experience yesterday. Uh, one of the questions that I frequently get as someone who's now had two litters of puppies is, how can you possibly let them go? Well, my answer in general is it's obviously hard, it's sad because you bond with these beautiful little creatures. They're so sweet and lovely. You see them develop and uh, get ready to, to leave. One of the things that has made that a bit easier is knowing that each one has a really exceptional home that I can visit the puppies, they can come back and visit me. We correspond, we exchange photos and news. 
And uh, so I feel like I'm the charge of these little creatures before they go off and live their own lives. I suppose there's some parallels with with children there too. But um, in terms of uh, how do you not get too attached, I think I may have started to get a little too attached yesterday because, as you pointed out, when these little dogs open their eyes, they can look at you. And it was little Toby yesterday, the white one with caramel patches, who has these cute little cavoodly eyes and they were just watching me and then he wagged his tail, he gave me a little lick, he did a little woof. It was like, oh, this dog owns my heart. Now, little Toby is going to meet what may be his forever family this afternoon and it probably is not a moment too soon. Of course, he won't be leaving for another six weeks and... uh, but it'll be difficult. Suddenly I have a little heart string attached to this particular dog. <laughs> okay, I'm going to play you another song about doggies. Here we go. This one is I Love My Dog by Cat Stevens. Oi, 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 oi. IGA is shopping nights. IGA, where the price is right. Seaford North IGA, for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker. IGA Express, there's nothing like it. And uh, extra shout out to Freddy's, who are wonderful. I met Rosa in the supermarket at Aldi the other day and she said, oh, you've got to come back in for a coffee. And I said, yes, indeed. Hi, Freddy's. Okay, back to puppies. And we were talking about how attitudes over time have changed towards dogs becoming part of the family, Uh, gender attitudes about men uh, caring and being loving and participating have certainly changed, and uh, attitudes about uh, how people treat people of other race, skin colour, religion, gender. All of these things we've seen in our lifetime, quite a shift And uh, it often comes out in the media as a complete indictment on the past. Uh, Not that this is unwarranted, it's just that I find sometimes it's perhaps not the most constructive way to proceed, and it also can be quite inflammatory. Uh, What I like to do is think of it as really good, positive evidence that as a society, we are evolving towards greater understanding, greater tolerance living together better. Now, people call me an optimist uh, and maybe there's a little bit of that, but I think it's important in this day of so much media devoted to so many things that are difficult, let's also reflect on what's actually moving in a positive direction. Now, I'm just going to hold little Florence up to the microphone. I don't think she's going to say anything, but I'd just like to say that I've got this little tiny creature in my hands. There's also a a really wonderful, did you hear that? That was a little squeak from Florence. It was. Tiny little girl. (laughs) You're getting real live puppy squeaks. Isn't that adorable? And I'm just burying my nose in her neck. And she smells like this lovely little milky baby. It's such a precious little scent. Did you know you're on radio, little Florence? You are. And yes, we do revert to baby talk. I think that's possibly another example of a genetically encoded behaviour. We know scientifically that juveniles of 
uh, certainly most mammal species, uh, do have better hearing for the high tones. And uh, that might be why we go all silly with our puppies. I am a serious person, aside from that. <laughs> Would you agree, darling? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a wise man, my husband. So, yes, it'll be very difficult to let these creatures go, but meanwhile we're having the most wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, as I said, they're not quite walking yet, so it's very easy to bring them with us here to the radio. And uh, another thing we'll be doing, I have a little bit of a, uh, a rebellious streak that I'm now admitting live on radio. And every dog that we've had, starting with Harry, I've popped in a bag and taken him to a supermarket. And what I like to do is pop him on a shelf, usually with cold power or something like that, take a photo. Uh, when they're very little, you can get away with this because everybody is just so charmed by these little creatures. But sooner or later, someone will say, excuse me, madam, you can't have a dog in the store. Oh, I'm so sorry, I'll take them out immediately. So if you'd like to see pictures like that, <laughs> or pictures of the puppies, um, I do post occasional pictures on my Instagram, which is Sarah with an H dot Spargo, S-A-R-A-H dot S-P-A-R-G-O. And there will be puppy pictures for those of you who wish to see. Now, I'm going to play you one more song to finish up with. This is a beautiful Nora Jones song, also dog related, Man of the Hour. If you're the caramel, just call Mitchell Tor. Or in Patterson Lakes, just call Mitchell Tor. Anywhere Bayside, just call Mitchell Tor. Buy a summer house, just call Mitchell Tor. Mitchell Tor. Real estate. Oh, yeah, real little real estate. We want more. <laughs> This is Mindy Mong Wong. You're listening to Radio Karam. Okay. That almost wraps us up for the day. And uh, I'd just like to finish with a shout-out to everyone who owns any pet uh, because it's not just dogs that bring joy and love and wonder to, to, to people. It's also cats, even fish, guinea pigs, birds uh, and Science has even shown that just owning a plant generates something about how we care for things and there's already a positive feedback. So there we go. Thank you so much from myself, Sarah Spargo, and my wonderful husband and our two little puppy stars of the day, Toby and Florence. We'll come back and see you in a fortnight.
Cause you're a sky, cause you're a sky full of stars 